This is the UU Perspective with your host, Sharon Merrill. This is episode 43 of the UU Perspective podcast, where you hear weekly interviews from Unitarians and Unitarian Universalists that are changing the world. Whether you're already a member or a seeker exploring the faith, there is something here for everyone. So as you sit, walk, jog, or drive, enjoy the conversations you're about to hear. Hello, everyone, and I'm glad you could join me today, and you are going to listen to more questions and quotes, a compilation of former guests and answering the big question of how is Unitarian Universalism as a religious denomination uniquely positioned to serve and impact society, along with their favorite quotes and how the quotes inspire them. And again, I want to thank everyone who listens to the show. I really appreciate the fact that you take the time out of your day to listen to the episodes that I present to you. And if you would like to support in a different way and become a patron of the show, you can do that by going to patreon.com slash perspective, And that is p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com. Or you can also click, there's a a button on the right-hand side of our website that says support on Patreon. You can click that and go to our page on Patreon and you'll see the different levels that you can pledge at. And if you pledge at the $2 level, you will receive my eternal gratitude plus access to the patron page that we have and the posts that are listed there. At the $5 level or more, you will get listed as a supporter on the UUPP website. And at $10 or more, you are going to get some of the bonus audio clips from behind the scenes, the stuff we kind of talk about before and after. Plus, you'll get a shout out on each of the episodes. At $25 or more, you'll get an ebook collection of the guest quotes along with the previous rewards that I mentioned. And you will also get early access to upcoming episodes, which you'll find those posted on the patron page at Patreon. At the $100 level, you are going to get the ebook collection of both both the guest quotes and the question that they answer along with all the other rewards that were listed. We have goals that we're trying to reach. And one of the goals is what we call the Music Club Network. And that's going to help cover the monthly cost and also let me enlist some of the talents of our local artists to provide intro and outro music for the podcast. Some of you, if you've listened to Hal Walker, all that music on that episode was created by Hal himself and just is a gem, gem of an artist to have and to be able to feature his music. So I want to be able to do more of that. But again, go to the page, patreon.com slash perspective, or just click on the button on our website on the right-hand side of the page, and you can find out more and what our different goals are. So when you become a patron at 
any monthly pledge level, I would be deeply grateful to you and look forward to giving you more content and more great things that you enjoy listening to. So let's get to it. And we're going to start with Lisa Presley and her quotes, and we'll go from there. And I'll tell you uh, who is who is saying each quote after that. And then we'll get into the big question after the quotes are done. That diversity is where you count the people, but inclusion is where the people count. And where, where we need to go as Unitarian Universalists is to making sure we're into inclusion and not diversity. Gleb Sapersky. I think I'm going to go back to what I said about what we can control in our lives. So what really inspires me is the idea that the only things in life we can control, we can have power over, is our own thoughts and feelings and behavior. We can't control anything else. We can't control the actions of other people. We can only shape us, ourselves, inside ourselves. So what inspires me is to know that that is the only power I have, and that is the greatest power I have. I can shape myself. I can shape my personal understanding. I can shape my journey by shaping my thoughts, feelings, and behavior patterns. And that is so wonderful to know that that is the area that is my locus of control. So that is what motivates me to do what I do in my life and and to share these things with others. And that's what really, I think, is the most inspiring thing for me. Bart Frost. So I shared this quote uh, with Pacific Northwest Goldmine School this summer. I, I had the opportunity to lead a race identity and oppression track for them, which hadn't been led in, in a little while. And anti-oppression work is really important to me, uh, both as a straight white male who wants to help change the world for the better, but also as a Unitarian Universalist. I think our theology calls us to this. And so the quote comes from Bell Hooks. And she says, love is really more of an interactive process. It's about what we do, not just we feel. It's a verb, not a noun. And I, this quote's been sticking with me since I first used it, um, because I think it really really explains our calling as Unitarian Universalists to stand on the side of love, to, to live lives of love. And, you know, love's a difficult word. Relationships end because someone says they love someone too early in the relationship, right? That's a powerful word. To, to love as a verb is powerful. And I think that, you know, we need to remember this, and our youth and our young adults know this. They know this innately. It's already, it's in their hearts, it's in their souls. Um, you can see it if you go to a youth conference or a leadership school or a young adult conference. You can see that they know how to love, and not not romantically or sexually, but spiritually love their peers and the world. And, you know, that's where I'm called, that's how I'm called to live my life too, to, to fill the world with love. Reverend Fred Small. I sure will. I was torn between two quotes, and the first quote that I wanted to use because it's been so meaningful to me in the last uh, couple of months as I've contemplated leaving parish ministry and and beginning this new 
uh, undertaking, really leaping into the unknown. And that quote, I've seen it variously rendered, but uh, uh, frequently as uh, uh, faith is taking the first step when you can't see the whole staircase um, attributed to Martin Luther King Jr. Unfortunately, I've spent a fair amount of time trying to uh, source that quote on the internet, and I can't find it. When that happens, of course, one becomes skeptical that it's an authentic quote. I've also seen versions of take the first step in faith. You don't have to see the whole staircase. Take the first step. Again, I'm not confident that Dr. King said that. So a favorite quote of mine from Thich Nhat Hanh, who is one of my uh, teachers, perhaps has had the greatest impact uh, upon my life spiritually of any teacher. From his book, No Death, No Fear, Thich Nhat Hanh says, when conditions are sufficient, things manifest. When conditions are no longer sufficient, things withdraw. They wait until the moment is right for them to manifest again. And for me, that's very powerful because as an activist, as a leader, I want to make things happen. I want change to happen. I want to write a song and then people sing it and change happens. Or I want to deliver a sermon uh, or speak at a rally and people get fired up and they do things and things change. So there's, I think, among many of us justice activists, a kind of inherent impatience. You know, we are not content with the status quo. As Dr. King did say, um, there are things to which we should be maladapted. And what Thich Nhat Hanh reminds me is that <laughs> it's not up to me alone. There are many, many, many factors uh, going into why things are the way they are and whether they can change and when they will change. So it's, a, it's, a long, it's taking the long view and saying, you know, when conditions are sufficient, things manifest. And if they're not manifesting, that may mean that conditions are not yet sufficient. And we can contribute to changing those conditions, but we are not personally able to draw into reality uh, something that depends upon many, many uh, inputs and many, many uh, factors. So it, it's a statement for me of humility and of uh, surrender in the best sense. And using the word surrender in the best sense is a huge leap for me because, you know, I, I grew up just thinking that surrender was the, the most horrible thing that one could ever do. You never surrender. Uh, but of course, at the level of spirit, we must surrender. Uh, we must be committed to the outcome, but also completely able to let go, to do what we can and do what we must, but then step back and say, I have done my best. Kathy Smith and Anita Mills. There are two for me. One is, uh, one is an old one from Theodore Parker, the Unitarian minister who was a strong abolitionist. Mm -hmm. The moral arc of the universe is long, but it bends towards justice. And then the other is a new one from one of my, uh, one of my colleagues in New Jersey, uh, Tim Atkins, who says, you are loved for exactly who you are. And I think that that is a great, powerful statement that gives us that feeling of empowerment that Pat was talking about. You are loved exactly as you are. Mm -hmm. I have, uh, Bell Lap, I have bumper stickers on my car for the first time in... 20 years, and all of them express <laughs> express my feelings and my beliefs and my 
passions, and I believe that they give someone something to read while they sit behind me uh, at a stoplight. <laughs> there is a spot on my the back of my van that I'm trying to decide what to put as a bumper sticker, and I'm going to have one made. The first part, the first one I've considered is you can change the world, and I truly believe that. And the other one is from a song by Violeta Parra, and it says, Gracias a la vida que me ha dado tanto. And it means thank you to life, which has given me so much. Kenny Wiley. Yeah, well, you know, I, I mentioned a few of them throughout this. Sophia Lyon Paz, uh, Each Night a Child is Born, Elizabeth Wynn, The Only Choices Between an Imperfect Movement and No Movement. And what I've kind of fusing some of the ideas together that I've been thinking about as an activist, you know, Ella Baker said that strong people don't need strong leaders. And, um, you know, her as a civil rights activist in the 40s, 50s, 60s, into the 70s, Ella Baker, a black woman who believed in building up the people and that they didn't need to follow because they could be their own leaders. And, I think that quote makes me think about that we all have a role to play. Um, we may never be on TV. We never may never be interviewed on the news, but we still can influence the five people who, with whom we're close. We can influence, you know, the twelve people we serve on a committee with, and um, we can be our own leaders as we, you know, strive for justice in these various forms and live out our faith. So that's kind of. That's what I've been thinking about a lot, about strong, strong people. That's my goal, is, is to help build strong people of faith. And now here are answers to the question, how is Unitarian Universalism as a religious denomination uniquely positioned to serve and impact society? And first off is Elizabeth Mount. I feel like for me, the value, the reason I stay with Unitarian Universalism is that we are a denomination that is uniquely cognizant of the idea that we have a responsibility to make this world a better place right now for people who are not of our denomination. Mm. And I don't always see that from all denominations Um, I do think there's potential, and I think we're partnering with a lot of other groups who are becoming um, more willing to do a lot of interfaith work because we're seeing global problems that can only be solved in global ways. Mm -hmm. But I think, especially UUism, like there were four raised Unitarian Universalists out of less than 40 people involved directly on that bridge on the protest and we are not a denomination that is 10 percent of the general population right so what i see there is religious education that Mm -hmm. teaches our children that we have a responsibility as people of faith Mm -hmm. to belong to the world and to be responsible for it yeah and i I'm not seeing that to that extent. Mm-hmm. Elsewhere, I think we are a vast hope for society. 
Silas Dreamer. So for me, I know for some people, like very much religion is about um, kind of the belief. It's kind of the meta, the spiritual things that um, aren't tangible. But I think for me, uh, this religion and religion in general is more of uh, a cultural community level that I know on Sundays I have somewhere where I can go and chat with people who have common interests as I do. And so because of that, um, I think it's actually, it puts Unitarian Universalism at kind of one of the forefronts kind of, of like bringing about change um, and kind of yeah. just like putting us where we are. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, often, you know, like a lot of churches can and will do that. But I think there's a lot of people who are non-religious, like they don't have a belief and thus they're kind of removed from that demographic. Mm-hmm. And so like having Unitarian Universalism there is a window and a gateway for them to kind of be more involved with all of that. Yeah. Lisa Presley. Oh, I could do three hours on that. Um, but I, I think that the, the major gift that we have is that we accept people where they are and that we work with people from whatever uh, theological stance they, wa- they, they are in rather than saying you have to fit into this mold. I find that with my work with our military chaplains, I help support them that they actually are probably the most effective, some of the most effective in their military settings because they can reach people no matter what their theology because we see that inherent worth and dignity and we can work with people from that point of view. And so, you know, we provide, uh, so that's one of our, our great strengths and it means that we can provide a place for people to explore deeply who they are Without fear of censure for who they are, we still need to have boundaries around what they do with who they are, but, um, but they can be who they are. And especially as a, an out lesbian, for me to, to come out to myself in a movement that already said I was worthy has, um, has just been one of the greatest gifts for me. Gleb Sapersky. Oh, thank you. That, that's a great question. I think we as Unitarian Universalists are very dedicated, so again, to our own path and enriching the path of other members of our congregation on their personal path to and to discovery, to self-discovery, on their spiritual path to self-discovery and, and being the people who we want to be and also supporting others in our congregations on being the people we want to be. And I think something that Unitarian Universalism does well in impacting society is bringing this to society and engaging in interfaith conversations, something that I've engaged in, I'm passionate about interfaith work, and I engage in that quite a bit, in engaging in various interfaith work to bring this to society more broadly, bringing these messages and these ideas of tolerance mutual support and reason-oriented pursuit of our path to enlightenment, to enrichment, that personal path, and bringing these messages to society and showing how we live the message we are trying to express, I think, is the most important thing that we are doing, and that's the most important message that we can be bringing to society. And my contribution to it is through specifically bringing science to bear on this question and enriching it through the scientific perspective. And I think there are plenty of other ways um, that other people within 
the UU denomination uh, within the UU movement who don't, who aren't coming from that science-based perspective, are still bringing that same message outward into society. And I applaud and congratulate them for doing so. Dominic Gifaloni. Yeah, um, we, like Garrus and Keeler, I know we have a love-hate relationship with him. Mostly love, because he at least talks about us, right? Um, <laughs> and Garrus and Keeler and the Simpsons, like, ooh, right? I like, I, I, we should always be, you know, the religious vanguard. I'm sorry, I used, I used a cameo's term, sorry guys. But I'm going to say it, the religious vanguard, constantly pushing people of, like, faith to, like, saying, let's be pro-life in the way, like, we should have water access and pro-life in the way that we're uh, pro-human, you know, in the way that we're, like, you know, have prison abolition, pro-human in the way that, like, you know, we, you know, strongly fight for environmental justice and do things like not take money from oil exploration in uh, England, okay, or sell off land for um, oil exploration rights, things like that, that, like, are literally killing us, Mm -hmm. right? I, oh, I understand. Oh, you can't be perfect in like an imperfect society. Yes, I get that. I, did I drive here? Yes, I drove here, but I also carpooled too. Okay. <laughs> right. Right. You know. <laughs> yeah, we should drink, you know, buy our Priuses and whatnot, and our Teslas and stuff like that. But also remember that, like, just because that. So when, so I feel like that. That's honestly that's the special place for me for you. Is mm-hmm. I mean, is that. Um, I do love seeing all like the Black Lives Matter banners on our church because, you know, like idiots like, uh, like was it Ted Cruz or something would be like, oh, MLK would hate the Black Lives Matter movement. No, he wouldn't. Mm-hmm. MLK would be like right here with us. MLK, there was even a comparison of people who critique the Black Lives Matter movement and connecting, like, like giving them, like, saying they were saying the same exact things that the people who are like writing hate mail to Martin Luther King. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The same things, essentially, mm-hmm. right? And it's like that. So, like, whenever you say things like that, stop and think about that, y'all. And I, and I obviously understand, like, people who listen to this podcast are probably decent. I'm not, I'm sorry if I'm ranting to you guys. I'm just, I just, and like, okay. right now, I'm super energetic because I'm in this beautiful, vibrant, safe, loving community. Yeah. And that's, the, those are the kind of communities that we can create if we just, you know, yeah. try hard and not fuck up. Bart Frost. I'm going to loop it back back to that love aspect of it. It's as Unitarian Universalists, we are called to be in the world our whole selves and to love the world with our whole body, our whole hearts, and our whole mind. And that's difficult. And it's prophetic. Our, our, we, have, we have the pleasure and the honor of being a part of a really prophetic tradition we've stood on the side of racial justice since you know the 1800s we we track ourselves all the way back to theodore parker um and you know all the way up through james reeb and to today and that that's unique that's awesome and we liberal religion provides us all of these other opportunities to to live lives that are full and transformative of our communities and of our world. I, I, I'm a huge fan of the five jagged rocks that Nancy Bowen adapted from uh, James Luther Adams, five smooth stones. You know, there is a unity that makes us one. All souls are worthy. Courageous love transforms the world. Truth continues to be revealed and unfolded to us. And there is salvation in this life. 
that's prophetic. You know, that is transformative. And if we, as Unitarian Universalists, live our lives holding those out and up for everyone to to see and to know instead of holding them inside just for us, we can help bring justice to, to our communities and to the world too. Michaela Corcoran. And I think that, I wouldn't necessarily say first and foremost, but I think that a really foundational aspect of the faith is embedded in social justice. That's a part of all of our principles to a certain extent. And so I think going forward, even if there's one particular issue that Unitarian Universalists champion, and within the community, obviously, many of us have different opinions about different issues and different experiences with our activism. Um, I think that we're all committed to thinking critically about the causes that we support and to doing some good in the world and to being really conscious about what it is that we're doing and how we're bringing about that good. And I love that about the community. I love that it's not just this year the church is going to fundraise for Free the Children. And Free the Children is a wonderful cause, but you, you have to be a little bit more mindful than just like, we're going to build a school. And so, so many members of this community, the work that they do just happens to align with the faith in terms of being really socially conscious, being really societally conscious of what's going on around us and ways that we choose to live our lives in terms of maybe how we react to situations in the world or like that extra patience when someone is like pushing you in line at the grocery store, things like that, compassionate ways that we're able to live the faith. I think that Unitarian Universalists don't do things because we're Unitarian Universalists. I think that the faith just tends to align with what we want to see from the world and how we want to go about affecting change and being responsible in how we do that. Mm -hmm. And it's something that uh, feels really good, but also is a really important and mindful practice for the members of the community. <laughs> Brian Tiedemann. Well, I think, you know, I think the one thing that humbles me always is when I attend, not all services, but many services, and certainly the one um, in my home area, is that it opens, or near the beginning, it says, whoever you are, wherever you are, you are welcome here. And I think that the inclusion factor is hugely important. Um, we are a community, we are, are a people, and I'm not just talking about people, I'm talking about you know, all living things, but the working together, the community, the, the mindedness, the spirituality, the openness, the accepting, all these qualities are ones that I think have, will benefit all. So I think that this faith is one superbly uh, primed to do that uh, because of the attitudes and the warmth and the compassion. So I think to tackle issues of the day, issues that will come, um, le uh, lingering issues, even just the day-to-day -day life and existence, I think that because of these, um, because of our strength, because of our um, you know, persistence, because of our, our hearts, that, that we have a great opportunity to do that. So I think that's, that's in this moment. Reverend Fred Small. We live in 
a deeply interconnected world. We live in a world where you can go online and learn about any faith tradition that is. You can learn how to meditate uh, for peace, and you can learn how to build a bomb to blow people up if you don't agree with them. The genius and the beauty of Unitarian Universalism is that we acknowledge a pluralistic world. We acknowledge a world where, however grounded in the faith tradition or philosophical tradition of one's childhood one may be, one, one has a choice. Uh, one is going to encounter, most of us, other ways of viewing the world, other religions, other philosophies. And frequently, people from other religions are our next-door neighbors and our co-workers uh, and our in-laws and our partners. And Unitarian Universalism says we celebrate this religious diversity. We welcome you just as you are with your, with your faith, with your doubt, with your questions. And we are a community of people who are curious about the world and curious about and respectful of your experience, your your thoughts, your beliefs. So most of us are past the conceit that ours is the one true faith, whatever our faith may be. And we understand that there are multiple truths. At the level of spirit, as the Rig Veda beautifully put, truth is one. The wise call it by many names. And Unitarian Universalism is comfortable with those names, embraces those names. And for that reason, I think is uniquely situated to invite all people into a community of, of worship and a community of caring. Anita Mills, Kathy Smith, and Patty McAfee. I think it's because we are re- a religion based less on uh, believing a credo and more about living our beliefs. And I would say that I think that Unitarian Universalism is uniquely positioned in our society because, building on what Anita said, um, that we are a faith that is about more more about what you do than about what you think about the great existential question. Um, because no one really knows the answer to what God looks like or what happens after we die, but we can see that our uh, if there is any salvation to be had, it will be had on this earth, and it will be had through the work of human hands, working together toward the greater goal. And I think that Unitarian Universalism's great strength is that umbrella of diverse belief that covers uh, a wide spectrum of people. I think that working together with that wide diversity of experience and belief gives us a much stronger footing to actually have an impact on some of the social justice ills that really need to be righted in the world. Okay. Pat? For me, I think our our democratic process and encouraging people to act on their faith means that any individual can, can take their beliefs and feel comfortable 
within the community of like-minded people to step out and to make a statement to to act whether others act with us or not we can we can do something knowing that that our action will be accepted will be welcomed um and normally others will then see the purpose behind that and join in us join with us and and to me that it's that empowerment that we receive um as unitarian universalists as individuals that enables us to think outside the box and to take action um, on our own mm-hmm. and, and feel comfortable and safe within that. Kenny Wiley. Well, to me, what it, what it comes down to is that we say revolutionary things every Sunday. Um, when, we, when you look at the, princ- the first principle, to believe that every person has inherent worth and dignity and to believe that all of us are connected that is a revolutionary statement. And I think we are uniquely positioned because when we live up to that statement, and there are UUs and there are UU communities who already are, but when more of us decide that we are going to actually do that and actually live that, when we can engage the, the person who makes us uncomfortable and engage the person who challenges us, I just, I see so much potential for us to welcome in not just, you know, upper middle class white folks who like NPR and coffee and stuff, but also lots of other people who have inherent worth and dignity. And when we do that, I'm just, I'm convinced that this faith can be a big deal and a big force in our society and beyond. All right, that'll do it for this episode. And thanks again for listening. And if you have a chance, we are now on Live 365 streaming radio. And you can catch the episodes there, always in a loop going round and round. So don't forget to patronize the show at patreon.com slash Perspective. And until next week, have a great day and great week. And we'll see you then. Bye.